0: Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. Great to have you with us today. 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help you hold on and stand strong. Well, today is episode 132 and my guest is a returning guest to 41 Strong. His name is Jason Persinger. He is a husband, father of five kids. He's also the senior pastor of Peoria First, right here in the Peoria area. He's also the varsity boys basketball coach of Peoria Christian High School. Jason, welcome back, dude. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, man. It's great to have you back. Last time you were here, um, you shared your story and how you ended up in Peoria, you, your testimony, and just great, great stuff. So you need to go back and, and re-watch that so you can get the backstory to Jason, but we're gonna talk about the current story. Sure. Um, Well, let's back up just a little bit. Last time you were on the show, um, you were celebrating a regional championship as the coach of the seventh grade boys at Peoria Christian. Right. All right, then you inherited a struggling varsity boys basketball coach, and you are celebrating a regional championship. (laughs) With them, first regional championship for PCS varsity boys since 2011, am I right? Yeah, 2011, 2012, yeah. 2011, I think so. man. Dude, great job. Thanks so much. I, I've enjoyed kind of watching from a distance, and of course, my kids are in the middle school, so last year I was at, my daughter was a cheerleader, I was at all the games that you coached. <laughs> my daughter's going into high school right. um, this fall, so I'm going to, I'll be at the, um, Varsity game, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing you in action. But I just want to say, Thank seriously, from, wa- from just watching, you've done an incredible job.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, the Lord's been good to us, and I and it inherited a, a squad that didn't have a great record, but uh, had a great foundation laid by my predecessor, Jay
0: Brewer. And uh, he played a lot of young guys, and that that really helped us. Good, good, and Jay's a friend of mine. I still got to get him on, get him on. The yeah, podcast. absolutely. But yeah, laid that foundation, and then you built off that, and um, Man, how, um, how how I mean, how was it? You're used to coaching on varsity boys, aren't you? Yeah, you know, all
1: you know. my experience was coaching high school okay. basketball. So coaching middle school was uh, the seventh grade boys. That was a little bit of a a um, different animal, and jumping back into varsity was was more of uh, my comfort zone, and so uh, really enjoyed that.
0: Good deal. Well, I noticed um, from following you on Twitter. That one of the hashtags that you used all throughout the season was um, was hashtag Core Four. Yes. Core Four. So what is the Core Four?
1: The Core Four is our um, mantra. It's it believed that there are four great things that that make a great basketball player. Not hear me when I say, Chuck. I'm sure there's more than four. <laughs> you know, uh, I haven't cornered the market.
0: I honestly thought it, was, it should be core 41. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. And ahead. It's a, maybe maybe we'll <laughs> yeah. get that. Um, but uh I believe it's, it's some tools that we preach and teach I- inside of our program that we believe will help the kids on the courts but also off the court and not just in, as adolescents but some things that we feel that they can take for the rest of their lives. And so the core four, the four attributes, and if you come to one of our high school games, on the back of our shooting shirts are the core four listed. And so it's it's four things that we think are imperative. The first one is is effort and believe that uh, I tell the guys often, hey, if you're going to step on the court, give it everything you got. When you wake up in the morning, give it everything you got. You got to give effort in life. Nothing is, is uh, promised. Nothing is given away. Everything's got to be earned. And so we really strive, hey, if you get in a situation that you don't know what to do on the court, hey, try, you know, get, give some effort there. And I believe that helps carry guys a long way. Uh, the second of the core four is attitude. Uh, this this is huge in, in our current culture on and off the court, how you carry yourself, not just what you say, but your body language. In the game of basketball, um, want guys to have a, an attitude of gratitude, but also uh an aura of confidence, a quiet confidence, not where you're talking trash, but uh, you miss a shot, you don't put your head down. Have the attitude of a winner, the attitude that, hey, this is where you're supposed to be, the attitude that uh, will lift the arms up of your, your teammates. Uh, uh, the, the other, the third one is aptitude. And uh, in everything you want to do in life, if you, if, you, if you don't have a game plan, you're going to struggle. Uh, not planning is planning to fail, and so with aptitude, we want our guys to understand our game plan. Study it. Aptitude on and off the court. Read the room. Read the court. Say those those things a lot. Hey, when you walk into a situation, read it. See what's going on. And um, and so I think that's that's a huge aspect that, that guys fall back on. Aptitude, understanding okay. what we're all about, and then the last one is is trust. I think. Um, I tell the guys often, if you don't trust that I'm going to put you in the best situation or you don't trust me, you probably shouldn't be on the team. Yeah. If you don't trust one another, you shouldn't shouldn't be on the court. And so believe trust is, is hey, we, we get to decide who we align ourselves under, who we allow to influence us, and believe that um, uh, we become what we worship o- over time. And so to align ourselves under people that we trust. And so those that's what the core four is, is effort, attitude, aptitude, and trust. Those are the four uh, building blocks of, of our program that we strive to get in young men on the court and, and off the court as well. I love it. Yeah. Those are life lessons, man. Yeah. So you can
0: even use those in pastoring, right?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Use those in pastoring, use those in my own life and with my own son and my own family. And uh, it's, it's become a... Um, uh,
0: who, who we are as, yeah. as individuals. Good deal. So how important then is buy-in, right? I mean, you're going you you're teaching and driving home the core four. Yeah. Over-communication is so important when you're a leader. And I love the fact that you have it on the back of the practice jersey. Yeah. So it's always in front of them. They always see it. Um, at, at our church, all of our team leaders, every single weekend, we have a Saturday night service, two Sunday mornings. On Saturday night, before the service, Each team leader gets with their team and we do what we call VIP meetings, vision, instruction and prayer, where we remind everybody what the vision of our church is, instruction for what they're doing that day. And then and then they, they close it out in prayer. And we do that every Saturday night, every Sunday morning, every team leader doing that with their team. So anyone who serves in any capacity at our church knows what our vision is. I can walk up and say, what's our vision? You know, and I'm sure that this it's the same thing right here. You, every single player has to buy in and, if you ask them what the core four is, they know it, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. And they, if they don't know it, then there's consequences. They, Maybe laps or I don't know.
1: Line sprints. Yeah, <laughs> okay. line sprints. Yeah, and I think, um, man, I can't over, overstate the simple truth that John Maxwell wrote years ago. We quote it all the time in leadership circles. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. That has been the greatest leadership lesson mm-hmm. that I've ever um, applied and and so with buy in with with players on a team with the church like peop, the guys got to authentically know that you care about them that it's about more than just um my win and loss record that yeah. that it, it, and so there's consistent communication about these things in the off season as well i texted a player yesterday hey you got to give great effort on that final tomorrow it's it's very important and and checking in, talking to them about what's going on socially, talking to them about what's going on uh, in their spiritual lives. Uh, that's a huge aspect. Yeah. And and I think that's where the buy-in comes in when people genuinely say, you know, okay, I don't always agree with what coach does. I don't like his game plan, but I I know that guy cares about me. Yeah. And and I yeah. think that, that that makes a difference between guys buying in and, and guys um, uh,
0: just kind of, you know, Zoning out and creating issues. Yeah, well, you know during the NCAA tournament, of course, Bradley, right here in, in Peoria, yeah. played Michigan State. An incredible game. And, um one moment in the game that that really um, that in the tournament that blew up was when Coach Izzo was yelling at one of his players. Sure, All right. Got a you know kind of went viral, right? On, right? Yeah, on social media. Yeah. And a lot of people were upset with the the intensity on his face. And I mean, um, but when it comes down to it, the one person that wasn't upset was the player. Absolutely. Because he knew how much... Coaches, though, cared about him. Sure, you know they already have a relationship; they understand each other, and he's the one person that didn't care. He, because he, he knows. Yeah, right. And um, I mean, your your coaching style is different. Sure, you know, yeah. I, I've never seen you lose your mind on one of your <laughs> 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 <Right>. <laughs> outwardly right. on one of the players, but I think that's so true. Um, like you said, this is a leadership life lesson right there. Yeah. That um, if someone knows that we care and they're on our team, then dang, they're gonna they're gonna buy in. Even if they don't agree with you. Yeah, and, and teaching,
1: and I think the guys to put aside the outside voices. There's an old adage in coaching. If if you listen to the people in stands, pretty soon you'd be sitting up there with them. <laughs> and uh, you know, teaching the guys that, hey, and parents are great, especially a Peoria Christian, got a great group of parents, but no parents, no uh, casual observer, no other, co- they, they don't know what we're trying to do or what we've talked about. and And so when, when the bullets start flying, guys, knowing that hey, when like Izzo, like that that guy cares about me, and that guy's gonna have my back, not just now but the rest of my life. And we live in a culture, Chuck, where everybody's so quick to to throw stones, like not yeah. knowing that that Coach Izzo has done tons and tons for young men yeah. throughout his his career. And so uh, I think
0: that's a good good example. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that just for a moment because we know that when it comes to sports, parents. Um, they can go, they can go crazy. So, what what role um, should a parent take when it comes to high school basketball?
1: Yeah, it's a great, it's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at it because I'm a parent as well. Yeah, I look at it from my perspective. And your boy can
0: play. Just, I, I yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: he's much uh, better than I yeah, was. Man. And uh, you know, so as a, as a parent, uh, I sit in the stands and watch my own children play, whether if it's basketball and soccer. And individuals will come to me, or if I'm watching another team play, eighth grader, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And as a parent, you know, it's a Matthew 18. Go go over there and talk to coach, (laughs) you know? And I I think assuming, parents shouldn't assume. I think that most coaches love when players come and say, hey, not, not ask, hey, what do I got to do to get more playing time? Or Because that, that's ultimately selfish, right? Yeah. Like, wh- what yeah. do I got to do to make it more about me? Yeah. But what can I do to improve as a player? Mm-hmm. A- and I think our job as coaches is to come alongside of parents and reinstill some of the values they've already instilled in their children and um, not uh, prepare the, what's that old adage, not prepare the path for the child, but prepare the child for the path and and i think it's good sometimes to be able to have tough conversations with parents but i i say this as well i never try to meet with a parent without a player present because it's in high school we're talking young men now
0: yeah yeah
1: and i think parents um another thing i would encourage parents to do is when you get in the car after after the the ball game whether if it's good or bad not to get too high and not to get too low one of the things i i always tried to tell my my children is, I just love watching you play. Mm. Like, I really enjoy seeing you out there on yeah, the court. Yeah, Not, yeah, that's yeah, hey, you were 9 for 10 or you were 2 for 20. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so those are things that I think are important for parents. Be be your child's biggest cheerleader, but uh, also, like the core force says, trust the coach. Like, you you yeah. entrust your player, your son, to this program. And as a coach, that's that's a privilege. We, we don't take that lightly. But um, thankful at Peoria Christian we got some pretty good –
0: Pretty good parents. Yeah, some great parents that I know that, uh, you know, my son, he's only in, he's in middle school. He'll be in sixth grade next year. So he played fifth grade ball, his first, you know, time on a real team in yeah. school. And, you know, I I had to really be intentional about, you know, talking about the car ride home, Yeah. not to coach him on the ride home and not to tell him all the different ways that he can improve and what he could do better, right. but to compliment what he did right and to just talk about how much I enjoyed watching them play, and how you know, um, and just build building them up. Not yeah. to say that we can't have those conversations, sure, but those aren't the first conversations I have.
1: I think it's really good, Chuck, and I, I try to. Uh, I would encourage all parents to this, and and I tell my assistant coaches as well you lose a ball game, you know, everybody plays bad, whatever it might be. Everybody's in a bad mood. Like nobody, nobody's happy about that. There's going to be a time for correction. And and I think it's reading the room and knowing your own child as well. You know, is it, does he, what does your child need at that moment? Is it an encouraging ear? Is it, um, is it, Hey, some, a stern talk, whatever it might be, there's a time to coach up and to make improvements. And, um, Right after a game, it usually isn't the best time to, to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you're a pastor and a coach. So the question that I want I want to ask you is, has pastoring helped shape you into a better coach, or has coaching helped make you a better pastor? Or is it a little bit of both? Yeah,
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. It's synonymous it's in that um, there's so many... Uh, Leadership is leadership, right? Yeah. And so when you lead people, whether if it's ball players or if it's at the church, there there's a goal, there's things you need to accomplish, there's vision. And I, I think those things has really – they bleed in to one another, not getting too high, not getting too low. The great thing about basketball is at the end of the day, you know if you won or lost. <laughs> you yeah. know, at church sometimes yeah. you don't necessarily yeah. – no, but um, the life of a church or seasons of a church are very similar to, to seasons in basketball. There's going to be some high points. There's going to be some low points. And coaching over the years has really helped me to not get too high as a, as a leader and not get too low, not let the wins go to the head and losses go to the heart type yeah. thing. Yeah. And so coaching's really helped me to, to do that in, in ministry that, hey, um, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not going to go exactly the way we want might not always have the growth spiritually, financially, numerically that we want, or whatever that might be. But at the end of the day, we're on a process, we're on a journey. Yeah. And and that's that's been really helpful for me to kind of parallel both of those. Excellent, man.
0: Well, who influences you? A
1: um, lot, lot of good influences. I, I really um, uh, have some mentors that I've had my my entire life that I still talk with, you know, guys that nobody would would uh, probably know guys like Nate Ellerton and Brad Trask and people that I've served under and mentored under off the court that uh, have helped me. And um, a lot of times help comes from uh, random places. Nine out of 10 times, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> and so being willing to to hear. I can some of, Yeah. <laughs> some people don't like when I say that, like, hey, but but it's true. And Uh, Listening to a lot of influence, I I love to read and uh, reading. uh, There's a great book on coaching and and leadership called uh, Lead for God's Sakes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the most incredible book that I encourage all parents in our program to read. All my coaches read it. That really shows, hey, the importance of what we're trying to do is not just win the moment, win the game, win the Sunday, win this issue, but develop people. For the long haul the journey um when it's all said and done nobody's gonna share my win-loss record at my at my funeral yeah. you know and yeah. um yeah. and so that, that hey we're building a legacy for something much much bigger than than that and yeah. uh, and so keeping all those things in perspective really really does help good stuff
0: yeah so high expectations for for next season
1: I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I think that's a good way to say it. Um, we we lost some really good players. Uh, Will Pepper, Gabe Meister, we had we had four seniors that really contributed, and we have a really good, talented class. The the question that remains, we open up summer ball next uh, Tuesday, is, hey, are the guys going to stay hungry? Mm-hmm. We won the regional championship and uh, really battled in, in a sectional game. We're in that game, a majority of the game. Um, well, the guys come in hungry. I think that's, and in life, I think that's true too, right? Yeah. You, you wake up hungry, you wake up satisfied. Yeah. And there's, there's a key to contentment. You know, you enjoy what the Lord blesses you with, but now it's time to get back and work. And so we believe that uh, we're set up for the next few years to have some, some players and, and uh, teams that will
0: be able to compete consistently. Good, man. Dude, thanks for taking time. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. <laughs> so that. if you're just joining us, my guest has been Jason Persinger. He is the senior pastor of Peoria First. He's also the head boys basketball coach at Peoria Christian School. I'm going to repeat the core four that you shared. Right. Effort, attitude, aptitude, and trust. Those are not limited to basketball players, but man, it's, that's life right sure. there. Man, that's good stuff. So thanks sure. for taking the time for sharing. Our producer is Mike Sable. You have been watching and listening to 41 Strong. We look forward to seeing you next week.